This is KMTT, Kimitzion Titzei Torah, and this is Esrebek. Today is Monday, and we meet again for another session in the uh, series of Shiurim on the structure of Tefillah. And this week we are up to the second Beracha of Bekot Kriyat Shema. Uh, last week we did the Beracha called Yotzer, Yotzer HaMorot, and today we do the Beracha that begins with the words Avaraba. The um, I'd like to review a little bit what we said last week, since I think today's bracha will be parallel to last week's bracha. Begat Yotzer Amorot. What I claimed last week was that it's a bracha about creation, Yitzira, and specifically the language of the bracha was. Yotzer HaMorot or Yotzer Or it's about all of creation but the Chazal chose to present creation through one, the dichotomy of light and darkness as well as good and evil and to bask the whole thing the creation that God gives us is, is light and the purpose I said was in order to make us realize that the Bracha that we are making is not merely pointing out that God created the world and not merely uh, praising God singing God's glory thanking God for creating the world but it was to make us see the world itself and our place in it as fulfilling the job fulfilling the destiny fulfilling the obligation to reflect God's presence in the world God exists in the in the heavens but this world sings the glory of God and we have that job as well now this week's bracha is the second bracha there's a machloket rishonim lahalacha in berkat avaraba concerning the problem of being mafsik of having interruption between this bracha and kriyashma which immediately follows it the original discussion related to the words which appeared in the Sidurim and still appear in the Sidurim and are said by many people before the beginning of Kiryat Shema Kel Melech Ne'eman the words Kel Melech Ne'eman are after the end of Bekat Avaraba Habucher Bamo Yisrael Be'ava then it says Kel Melech Ne'eman you begin Shema and there were places where it was said and there were places where it was not said. What happened was, uh, it appears in a number of stories, but it became very prominent when Talmidim of the Ramban, Spanish uh, Rabbanim, uh, moved north to Provence, and where the minute was different, and they began to disagree, propagandize against the Minag, and the Meiri, one of the great Rabbanim of Provence, for a sefer called Magen Avot, uh, defending the local Menagim, one of which concerned this problem of being mafsik between the Bracha and Shema. Um, a more extreme opposition to being mafsik would be not merely not to say the words Kel Melech Neman, but not to answer Amen after the Bracha when you hear the Chazan say it. In other words, you've said the Bracha, you finished. Then the Chazan repeats, as is customary. So when you hear someone say Bracha, when you hear the Chazan say Bracha, you're supposed to answer Amen. And some can felt that you were not allowed to answer Amen because when you say Amen, that's a hefsek between, it's an interruption between your Baracha and your Kriyat Shema. And to this day, 
there are people who are machmed. That's why I have to admit that I'm one of them. And um, I don't say amen after the bachan, or to avoid um, saying amen, there's a, there's a trick whereby you wait, you say the bacha together with the chazan, therefore you don't have to answer amen after his bacha. That trick is more well known in what, what will be next week's topic. Bechat Goel Yisrael, Ga'al Yisrael, where uh, many poskim, many poskim hold, one is not allowed to be mafsik between Ga'al Yisrael and Shemar Esrei, and the way to avoid having the problem of whether to say Amen or not, uh, the accepted way is to say the Bacha together with the uh, Chazan. And some people do the same for the Bacha of Arabah. It's a, it's a machlok, it's a controversy. The question really is, well, wh- wh- why not? Why, why can you not be mafsik? The answer is because many poskim felt or understood that this Bacha was a Bracha on Kriyat Shema. Not just that the whole surrounding area of two Bachot before and the one Bacha afterwards and at night time in my view, two bachot before, two bachot after Kriyat Shema. In Shachavit, two before and one after. These are called Bechot Kriyat Shema because they form some sort of a greater whole. But no, but this bracha, specifically, the second bracha, the one right before Kriyat Shema, is a bracha of Kriyat Shema. Some people even thought it was a bracha of mitzvah of Kriyat Shema. Every, bracha, every mitzvah normally has a bracha. And and a uh, you know Shukr son of Tavet Sivanu and the Bachav Kriyatshma Saposkim thought was this very Bacha. And I think we should really try to understand why. How can you even say that? I mean, why is this Bacha Bacha of Kriyatshma? What's the connection? The special connection, the the intrinsic inherent connection between the Bracha of Araba and Bekot and Bekot Kriyatshma. Well, what's the topic of the Bacha? The answer is, is clear. There's a simple way to know what a Bacha is about. You look at the beginning of the Bacha. You look at the end of the Bacha, the Chatima. This, the last line which begins with the words Baruch. And you should also look at the line before that because of the halachic principle that says that Samuch Chatima Me'ein Chatima. The last line before the uh, conclusion, before the Chatima, is, summarizes the topic the Chatima will talk about it as well. In all three places, we know what the topic is. Ahava. Bacha begins, Ahava Rabba Ahavtanu, or in the alternative, Nusach Ahavat Olam Ahavtanu. God, you have loved us a great love. The Chatima is Habocher Bamo Yisrael Be'ava, who has chosen his people Israel in love. And, and the previous line speaks about love as well. The Bacha is about Ahava. If we look at the rest of the Bacha, and it is a long Bacha, we'll see that the majority of the central section of the Bacha, after the first line, before the last line, is not talking so much about Ahava, about love, but it's talking about Torah. Tain bili beinu lahavin ulahaskil lilmod ulameid lishmor ulahasot ulakayim et kod vreit hamut Torah techa beyava. The, 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 the central part of this bracha is a request, a, a prayer, asking for God's help in our learning Torah, and learning and fulfilling Torah, and teaching Torah, obeying the Torah. The bracha is about Torah. This isn't all that surprising, or shouldn't be that surprising to us, if we recall 
a Gemara in Brachot, which I cited a few weeks ago when we talked about Berkat Torah. The only Sugi and Shas which talks about making a Bracha before learning Torah, Berkat Torah, is in Brachot. And there, the Gemara made a statement which Halach HaLemaisa means if you haven't said Berkat Torah, but you've said Avar you don't need to say Berkat Torah. That, that's the way we usually remember this Halacha. It's saying, well, if you for some reason haven't said Berkat Torah in the morning, and you've said Avar so it's also good. In fact, the Gemara is really phrased in a more, uh, I would say, a more extreme uh, manner. What the Gemara says is, Amar Rabbi Yehud Amar Shmuel, Hamashkim Lishanot. He who rises early, the word Mashkim means he makes a special effort to get up early. Im Kodem. Shekara Kriyat Shema. Mivarech. Someone who gets up to learn before davening. The, the, the way with the statement makes, makes it sound like it's unusual. So someone who you know, got up early and didn't know what to do yet, the minion is later. So he's learning before davening. So if he's doing this before saying Kriyachma, then he should make the bracha. God says, which bracha? And the answer is the bracha which we call bracha Torah. But if it's not before Kriyat Shema, then he doesn't have to worry about it. Because Niftar Bavaraba. The implication of the Gemara is that under normal circumstances you won't even make Bikot Torah because you'll only be saying Avaraba. So whether that's you know, technically, halakhically true or not is, is an open question for, at, at this time, but the Gemara says more than that, you know, but the Eved, if you haven't said Bekot Torah, but you've said something sort of similar, so you Yod say, but the Eved, it's okay. The Gemara says that Bekot Avarabah is a, is a good Bekot Torah. It makes it clear that, that it's not just, you know, coincidentally one or two words in the Bechah have to mention Torah. This is a Bekot Torah. And, and I think what you read the, if you read the Bacha again it's, it's really quite clear it's not just mentioned as an aside the Bacha really is about how we ask God's help to learn Torah to be engaged in Torah so it should be meaningful for, to us and we should fulfill its dictates and you should enlighten our eyes with your divine light in your, in your Torah but it's undeniable what I said in the beginning, there's, there's a technical way to determine a bracha. The first line is what it's about, and the chatima for sure is what it's about. In the end, you you sum it all up and you say, "Habocher b'mo Yisrael b'yava, God has chosen His people Israel through love, with love." The answer to the apparent contradiction is, is I think, clear. What is the connection between ava and Torah? Torah is the expression of God's love. The Bracha says that God loves us. The Khatima says, Habokher, if God loves us, He has chosen us. If a man loves a woman, He chooses her to be His bride. God, has, God loves us and has chosen us. He has taken us to Himself in love, in a form of loving union. What is the visible symbol? What is the visible expression? What is the what is the content 
of of the love between God and and the Jews. I think we would answer this even without reading the Bacha. The answer of this Bacha is, and we know this is the correct answer, Torah. Both on a symbolic level. If a man loves a woman, he gives her a gift, he gives her a ring, an engagement ring. What is the, the ring? What is the thing which God has given the Jews to show his love? The answer is Torah. Chazal in many places treat Matan Torah, Har Sinai, as the betrothal by God of Israel as his bride. And Kiddushin, betrothal, in Halacha, is done through a monetary gift. The Gemara says, what's the gift? The answer is Torah. But not just symbolically. In fact, the Torah is the binding. It is the bounds. It is the it is the content of what binds Israel to God in love. It wasn't just a symbolic gift, it was the real gift. God chose Israel. How did God chose Israel? What, what, what does it mean to be chosen by God? It means to receive the Torah. So that's what this Bacha is about. The Bacha is actually about the Torah. The the framework isn't just, oh, you have Torah. It's what Torah means. Torah was given to the Jews. It's the second thing which God has given. To the world, God has given nature. To the people of the world, God has given nature, has given light. To the Jews, God has given Torah. Mephashim point out, we showed him already, point out, that in fact Torah is also called light. So there are two kinds of light. There's physical light, natural light. And then there's spiritual light. Natural light is only by day. There's Yom Vilayla. Spiritual light is all the time. So you could even combine the two, but, but we all understand it's two very different things. And in fact, he who receives it is very different because natural, natural light and nature is given to all of nature, to all of people. Whereas Torah is given only to the Jews. There's an interesting uh, uh, comparison between the two brachot. They have an, both brachot have an interesting device, interesting literary means of expression, even though it's been a bit reversed. In the first bracha, the examination of the technical nature of the bracha says that it's about light. Investigation of the total context and content says it's about nature as a whole. The answer is that Yitzirah, creation, is expressed in light, as I tried to explain last week. Similarly, in our Bukha, the Bukha is about love. Torah is the expression of that love. Literally, it's done in two opposite manners. In the first Bukha, the Bukha was technically about light and was really about creation. So the Chatima, the language of the Bacha in its conclusion, focused on the light, which we understood was the expression and gave the inner meaning of all of creation. But that's the other way around. The Chatima is about the context, about the framework. And the middle, the explanation is 
the particular expression, what is significant about the framework of Ava, of love, it is Tovah. So I don't know why the reversal was done, perhaps merely for for, uh, for, for, for literary reasons. It's just, it's, you know, it sounds better, it's like an ABBA framework. But I think the, the basic point is the same. Both Bachot say, God has a overriding framework relationship, nature and love. And if we examine that, we realize what the the specific expression of that those two frameworks were was nature is expressed in God's light, God's grace, God's giving, God's goodness, and God's love is expressed in his giving us the Torah. Now I also claimed last week, I want to draw another comparison that the bracha wasn't merely, oh, you, you've given us nature, we, we thank you, or we praise you. Basing myself on the whole section dealing with the angels last week, I explained that the bracha says God has given us nature by focusing on the light, by focusing on the light as opposed to the darkness, the good as opposed to the, to the evil. What the bracha is trying to elicit from us is our role. He who receives the gift of light in nature testifies to God's presence as Creator. And therefore, the whole section with the angels, who that's their only job. They sing. They sing the glory of God. It doesn't say we're going to do the same thing, but that's what it means. Where we say, you create everything. We say, you give it to us as light to light up our days and therefore we accept upon ourselves that that's what we're here for we, we testify the world God exists in the testimony of the world and of the people I think the same thing takes place in Abacha even more explicitly God loves us God has chosen us and has given us the Torah but that's not what the bracha, the only thing the bracha says. If God gives us the Torah in love, that implies something about what we, how we react. And here the, it's not left for the imagination. If God's giving us nature implies that we should sing His praises and make His presence clear, the inherent presence of God should become clear through our actions... Then, God gives us Torah. How do we react to that? By thanking Him? By saying it? By making it clear that He gives us Torah? No, you don't have to do that. that that's obvious. You react by learning Torah. If God gives you nature, you reflect nature. If God gives you Torah, how do you, how do you accept the gift of Torah? You have to learn. And that's what it says in the Bukha. That's why we say, God, you love us. You have given us Torah. Therefore, it becomes a prayer, a request. Help us learn and understand and teach and observe and spread and give us the insight and the understanding to understand the depths of Torah. In other words, both brachot, specifically our bracha today, is not only a song of praise for God who has done a wonderful thing, but it's the it's making clear 
why those wonderful things imply and engender a reaction from us. Receiving the gift of Torah doesn't mean putting it on your shelf. Receiving the gift of Torah means that we learn Torah. And therefore, the bracha is about the obligation to learn Torah. And that's why it's an appropriate way to have birkat Torah. Now, there is one exception. There is one uh, inconsistency. According to this theory, in the language of the bracha. The very end of the bracha, there is one other request that's made that seems to have no bearing on Torah or on love. Bring us back uh, in 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 great stature, standing tall to our land. There's a request for kibbutz kaliyot for the return to Eretz Israel. Or in the language of Yudav Berbiyaka, when he comments on this, he says, "You have here a prayer for Gulat Eretz Israel, the redemption of Eretz Israel." Jews return to Eretz Yisrael is the redemption of Eretz Yisrael. And Rabbi Yudha Rabbi Yaka asks, what does this have to do with Birkat Torah? He answers by quoting a Medrash Nesifri in Parshat Re'ei, which uh, tells a story of two Rabbanim who were leaving Eretz Yisrael, uh, as you know, uh, after the Chuban, but even more so, after the Bar revolt, the uh, physical, economic, and political conditions in Eretz Yisrael became intolerable. And masses of Jews emigrated from Eretz Yisrael. And that's really when Eretz Yisrael became uh, almost completely uh, emptied of the Jewish people. Not so much because the Romans forced, well, uh, uh, exiled them in chains, but the conditions, due to Roman oppression, became al- al- almost intolerable. And and Jews left, including Rabbanim. The Quran has many stories of Rabbanim who left Eretz Yisrael. These two rabbis were leaving Eretz Yisrael. They came to a border town. And they remembered Eretz Yisrael, and it says, Zakfu and Nehem, they lifted their eyes, v'zalgudim otehen, and the tears poured forth, and they tore their clothing. And they quoted the Pasuk, v'yarashtem ota v'yashavtem ba, u'shmartem la'asot. And you will inherit the land and dwell in it, and you will observe all the mitzvot. Mikan, from here, Sheshkula Eretz Yisrael Keneged Kol HaMitzvot. This Pasuk implies in the Joshua of these two Rabbanim, Eretz Yisrael is the equivalent of all the mitzvot of the Torah. So what Rabbi Yudha Yaka, the great, uh, one of the first commentators on the, on the Tefillah, for Bansali scholar, the Rebbe of the Ramban, is saying is that uh, we're making a prayer on Torah, and learning Torah, and the observance of Torah, so we mentioned that Eretz Yisrael is, is the equivalent of all that. And that's why it's here. No, it's an interesting idea. I, I, I think that we should go one step further. This Fachai is almost explicitly a proof to the famous thesis of the Ramban in Sefer Dvarim and a number of other places where the Ramban says that inherently mitzvot are meant, Torah is given only in Eretz Yisrael. Jews outside of Eretz Yisrael observe the Torah because, because God obligates them to stay in shape. That, that's really what he says. It's, you, it's like you have to keep in practice. And God obligates you to observe the Torah. But, but in, inherently the Torah has no meaning outside of Eretz Yisrael. Eretz Yisrael is the, um, 
is the is the jurisprudence. It's the sovereign land of the king, Hashem Barach. and the Torah is his law. The law really applies in the land called Eretz Yisrael. Very famous Ramban. I think this is what the this is what the Bachas almost said explicitly. I, I mean, you can explain it in a weaker sense. In the Vidu it's the same idea, but a little bit weaker. But but it's almost it almost demands that we say what the Ramban says. If we have a prayer, you've given us not just that we should be able to learn. You've given us the Torah, and and therefore we learn it, and it's an expression of love. It's what binds us to God, and binds God to us. It's the, it's the love between God and man. It's the betrothal. Betrothal means we're forming a family. We're, we're, we're building a home. The Ramban said that home is in Eretz Yisrael. One, everyone agrees, that home is in Eretz Yisrael. The Ramban says, no, no, it has no meaning outside of Eretz Yisrael. Torah builds, or Torah is the cement of the union, the loving union, of which Eretz Yisrael is the, is the, is the physical locus. So therefore, when we say... You've given us the Torah in love, and therefore we're going to learn it in love. And we want you to help us understand it in love. So we also ask, and bring us back to Eretz Yisrael, the place where the Torah really has its true meaning. To get back to the Bracha itself, having explained all that, I want to go back to my original question. What's the connection to Kriyachma? Well, the answer I think now is obvious. The Bracha says, you love us. The Ava. The love in this bracha is the love of God to men, to the Jewish people. You love us and you've given us the Torah. What is Kriyat Shema about? So we don't know. Kriyat Shema is the allegiance. It's a pledge of allegiance to God. True. But then what do we say? Ve'ahavta et Hashem elokecha b'chol levavacha v'chol nafshecha v'chol meodecha. You God are our God. Shema Yisrael. Hashem elokeinu Hashem echad. And therefore... You are obligated to love God with all your soul, with all your heart, and with all your with all your belongings, with all that which you have. And these words, which words? The words of the Torah, should be on your heart. And you will teach them to your children. And you will speak of them. You will learn them yourself. Beforehand I said, would you give... A man meets a woman, he, he wishes to give her a, a symbol of his love, he gives her a ring, or a pendant, she hangs around her neck. God says, hang these words on your arm and on your head. Put them on your doorposts. But most of all, teach them to your children. And learn them yourselves. The first pasha of Kriyat Shema, right after Pasuk Shema itself, is about loving God and learning His Torah. What's the connection between Birkat Avarabha and Kriyachma? Birkat Avarabha is the environment that gives the meaning to Kriyachma. God loves the Jewish people. God chooses the Jewish people. And God therefore gives the Torah to the Jewish people. Therefore the Jewish people, on their side of this loving relationship, they love God and they learn the Torah that He receives. The Ahat Hashem and they put the Torah on their arm and on their heads and on their doorposts. Because the Torah is what makes this, fulfills, it's the content of the, of the loving connection between God and man. Now, sometimes, there, there really are two different loves being described here. God's love of man and man's love of God. 
Avat Hashem is Avat Shel Hashem, that which God loves, and also the Avat to Hashem. But what this Bracha and Kriyashva makes clear is that those aren't two different loves. Many Mishonim, most prominently Rav Chasai Kreskas, but others as well, at least in this context of Kriyashva, point out that it's the same love. What we call in our lives, there are many different kinds of loves in the world. Some people love flowers. doesn't mean the flowers love them. The love of parents to their children, love of children to their parents, are really two different kinds of loves, which don't always go together. We tend to, it's considered normal, that what we call romantic love, isn't A loves B and B loves A. It's, it's the love which exists between them. And that's the model that this Bracha presents about the love of God. Hashem loves you, gives you the Torah, therefore you accept, learn, put the Torah into your hearts, and you love God. And I think this changes the meaning of Kriyat Shema itself, of Shema Yisrael. It's not just a pledge of allegiance. You can pledge allegiance without love. The pledge of allegiance of Shema Yisrael is commitment. It's the commitment Commitment is love. Not just that I agree to obey, or you are my God. But you are my God, and therefore you shall love the Lord thy God with all your hearts, with all your souls, and with everything you have. And these words which God gives you in love, where do you put them? You say, oh, I'll put them where I can find them. I'll put them where I'll know what to do. No, 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 you'll put them on your heart the way someone who has received, a woman who has received her love is pledge. Places it on her heart. And you'll teach your children and you'll etc, 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 etc. So the purpose of this bracha, this is, and that makes sense, why this is birkat kriyachma. Whether or not halachically that means you can't be mafsik, you can't interrupt, is a controversy. But I, I think we understand the first shita, we understand the second shita as well. In other words, this bracha is explaining to us. It's the context. It's the environment. If you live in the world defined by Avar who've given us the Torah, It's very important. You've chosen the Jews, okay? So we've chosen. No, you've chosen with love. That's the context in which we then get up and say, Shema Yisrael Hashem Elokeinu Hashem. Hashem Echad. And that's it for today. We'll be back next week where we'll discuss the third bracha which comes after Kriyat Shema. And this is Ezra Bek. You were listening to KMTT. Ki Mitzion Tetzei Torah Udavar Hashem B'Yerushalayim.